0: Our reading this morning is from uh, 1 John chapter 3, the first verse. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And we pray. These are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Amen. So every now and then I read a book about teaching to like better myself as a professor and stuff. And, um, well, that wasn't supposed to be the punchline, but uh, I don't know. But anyways, you know, in this one book, there was kind of this interesting study where um, basically they had a classroom and they did a test on the kids. Uh, And the people who did the test told the teachers... That hey, there's this student in your class who's about ready to have just this great breakthrough, uh, someone who's really talented, and what happened is they tested these kids later and found out that the ones that they had told the teacher were going to be a lot better actually were a lot better. Uh, they they made uh, measurable gains, but. What they hadn't told the teacher was that that special student, that specially talented one, was actually randomly selected. It wasn't, it wasn't actually uh, that the student uh, in the test showed any you know, significance at all. It was just a status that they told the teacher, hey, this student is special. And so they thought that maybe by telling the teacher this student was special, the teacher maybe treated the student a little differently or was more attentive. And then the student rose to the occasion and actually was better. And so even though, you know, with studies, there's always something where it's like, well, does it truly 100% hold true or not? You never know. But it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, now in a lot of these books about teachers and stuff, they're going to tell you, like, if you're a teacher, you know, it makes a difference if you believe in your students, if you have, you know, what expectations you have of them and so forth, that they really will kind of rise to that occasion. And I think that study is kind of interesting um, because we can think about just as how the students had the status that was kind of given to them even though they were no different or, or special at all. It then had an effect on how they performed, how uh, their expectations of them were born out in reality. I think when we look at our text for today, we see some points that might at first glance seem random, But he stresses a lot about our status as being children of God and then moves to how that status affects the way that we, the, the expectations that result from that status when it talks about purifying ourselves just as God is pure. So it is a really special status when John tells us that we have had bestowed on us by the Father that we're children of God. Now, it bears saying that it's easy for us as Christians to kind of uh, not let that sink in because it's maybe, you know, stressed so much that we take it for granted that, uh, that we're God's children. But think about it this way. In, in the ancient world, there's a guy by the name of Julius Caesar and he takes over Rome, the Roman Empire. He's like the first emperor Emperors get their names after him. He's such a big deal. And when he takes charge, he makes a huge deal that his, in his ancestry is a guy by the name of Aeneas who is viewed as like a founding father of Roman civilization. He makes a big deal that the Roman goddess Venus is in his ancestry. It's very important for him to be seen as like a child... Of God. Now, it didn't totally work out for Julius Caesar because he kind of got somewhat assassinated, um, you know, just saying. But I think when we see that example, wow, it was really a big deal to claim to be a child of God in antiquity. Now, look at what John is writing. He's writing to regular people, regular people like us. And he's saying, You are a child of God. That is, a more earth-shattering thing than we realize when we take into account that historical context. So now if someone told you, someone who maybe knew the future or something, will make believe now, knew the future and told you that you have the talent, you have the capability to be a world-famous CEO of some big company, or if someone told you you have the talent to make some groundbreaking scientific discovery, or you have the athletic ability and talent to go pro, would you hear that and be like, oh, thanks for the info, but I think I'm just going to lay low and just do how I'm doing here. You would rise to that occasion and say, wow, I can do that, I'm going to do that, and you wouldn't see it as a burden or a horrible pain. You'd be like, I'm just living out this awesomeness that I know I already have. And the thing is, is even more, we have a status already as a child of God. And yet, sometimes we treat the expectations that follow as a huge burden and chore, not as if it's living out the awesomeness that God has already given us. So in our Christian life, you know, the text talks about purifying ourselves even as God is pure. And yet we can often be really negative about the Christian life and not take seriously the expectation, the thought of purifying ourselves as the text talks about. And it's, it's kind of sad that instead of embracing the Christian life as living out the greatness God has already bestowed on us freely, we can treat it like a pain and and be slothful in it. And sometimes we can say things like, oh, I know I can't be perfect because I'm sinful. Well, you know, no one who is a famous athlete is gonna be like, well, I'm not gonna try to become a famous athlete because I know I won't be perfect, I might miss a free throw sometime. You know, it doesn't stop other people from living out their lives in that role. And yet, often in our sinfulness, We can make all sorts of excuses to not really want to live out the life that God has put before us. And my point in framing the Christian life this way is I want to change uh, hopefully a little bit of our perspective on it and take away some of the negativity toward it and see it as positive as what it really is. Just like I talked about with the athlete. If you knew that you were going to be um, able to go pro, You wouldn't view every step along the way as a burden. It would be just living out that greatness. So we can view our Christian life even more as a positive thing because the thing that's hugely different and and helpful is that this status is something that's already been given to us. We don't have to work or earn this status of being a child of God. John in our text says God has bestowed it on us. It's something we already have. And the thing is, is there was nothing special in us for us to get this status. We know we're sinners. We haven't lived up to any level of worthiness to be considered a child of God. And yet this is a status that he's freely given us through Christ. Because he was perfect. He did purify himself completely and was without sin. He was great as true God and yet became man so that he could share such important things with us, that he could give us a status of sonship, that we could be considered children of God. And what's more, he went up to the cross and died, and you know what? He was mocked as if he's God's son, then come down from the cross. And you know what? He stayed up there because he knew that dying on the cross and taking the sins on himself and the impurities and the things we've done wrong, he knew putting them on him and paying for them on the cross now gives us that status, that specialness, the forgiveness, the status as God's children as we are now seen in a different light and given the status of being children of God. And what's more, having rose again from the dead, he's shown that we have a specialness In his resurrection, too. What's more special than rising from death and living eternally? This is something Jesus did, and it's something he now gives to us, too. And he gives it coming to us in the word and baptism and working faith in our hearts. So we have this status as children of God. A status, again, that John says is bestowed on us. It's not earned in any way on our part. In case it sounds like I have overhyped specialness today, just think briefly, in contrast, the specialness that the world can offer us. It's really, there's not a lot of great competitors for specialness if we really get right down to it. Because the thing is, is without God in our perspective, we're not special. It's like we have, without God in our worldview, it would be like, we're seeing ourselves as meaningless and random and randomly generated and we're surrounded by everything that's random and pointless. And And what's it all there for? Any specialness is maybe to help other people who are also would just be as random as us if that was the reality. And so, I mean, it doesn't prove my point about the specialness we have in Christ, but it, I, I think it's helpful to see that the alternatives out there for specialness are really not that viable. And what's more, the specialness that we have in Christ is a specialness that we, we are able to share with other people because we can share the message of God's word with them, the message that works faith and, and lets them share in the knowledge of this specialness that we have too, the knowledge of what Christ has done in saving them and, and bestowing on them then through faith the status of being children of God just as we are. So, you know, it is kind of maybe a thing that's viewed as a little bit cheesy to say that, hey, you're special, but you are. You really are special. You're special as God's children, and that's a status that has been freely bestowed on you. It's a status that I think frees us up to live out that specialness in, in different ways in our lives, in ways that we can be positive about. And living up to that status, the great thing is, is it doesn't create that status as, as God's children. It's only following through or living that out, even though, yeah, we're not going to do it perfectly. So leave today knowing you are God's child. That is an awesome status. Live in that awesomeness. And look forward to what's in store with us in heaven, thanks to the status that's been freely bestowed on us by God. Amen. Uh, Please rise. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bestowing on us our status as your children. Help us purify ourselves to live out this status you've already given us. Give us hearts always confident that through Jesus we are your children both now and eternally by your grace, amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.